Get your Xperia XZ Premium smartphone from Sony today. On plan or outright from Telstra, Vodafone, Virgin Mobile, Optus, JB Hi-Fi and Sony. With world first smartphone technology like super slow motion video playback and 4K HDR screen that delivers lifelike colour and definition. A camera so advanced it captures images the human eye can't see. For details and T's and C's visit sonymobile.com forward slash AU. Merrickville 104.9 Triple M Where am I? Welcome to Merrickville well, Sydney, we've heard a lot about Tent City at Martin Place and the fact there's a lot of homeless people there that have been moved on. And the man who works at Channel 7 at Martin oh. Place, who's been out the front saying, Get a move on! That is not Get true. Get out of here! What a stitch up this is. Is that no. why I'm here? Joins me now, Sam Mack. Great to have you here. Hello, I mean, guys. When you're not doing the weather, you're out the front just going, Move along, homeless people! That is not true because their tents are actually bigger than my place in Darlinghurst. <laughs> so they actually have some pretty superior accommodation. I wish them all the best. But I know this is weird for me to be here on a Tuesday. Normally I'm yeah, your on Friday, Friday. Fling, but obviously all the E and F grade celebrities are unavailable. So you've <laughs> stooped down to. A lot of people unavailable. G, and here I am. But I realise I'm here is, and thank you for this, mate. This is a really nice gesture mm-hmm. from you because today is legitimately International Cat Day. So you've brought me in because you want to hear lots of stories about life of Miss Coco, my little rescue bird. I wasn't, I wasn't a across that. Sorry, got a lot of great stories. Oh, that's all good for Cole Chisel. 104.9 Triple M. Channel 7's Sam Mack joins me in the studio today. Great to have you here, mate. Very exciting. We'll talk. I wanted to talk to you about something before we get too far into the show. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the cash cow, a good friend of yours, cash cow. Yeah, of course. Um, but before we do... Yeah, before... Uh, Sam, I wanted to bring this up. We've, we've known about this for a little while now. Uh, Mez and I have done a little bit of digging because obviously your competitors... Liam has, Liam has he told me. Yeah, I, didn't do, I did <laughs> no digging. digging. Not for me. Uh, the Today Show. Channel oh, 9, I, don't, I don't see them as competitors. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Look, okay, tell me how you see this, them then. This is just my take on it. I see everyone in the media as one big happy family. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. just my personal take on it. 100%. Right. That's, that's, that's lovely. radio. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway. So, anyway uh, except the, this show, which I absolutely despise. <laughs> yeah. Most people do. We're on an island. <laughs> your, uh, your lovely family. I'm talking about my bosses, of course. <laughs> <laughs> your lovely family members on the Today Show. Uh, you guys have the cash cow and they obviously had Blocky. But Blocky mysteriously disappeared, and they had yeah. a vote on their show a couple of weeks back. Yeah, I saw this. So they had Blocky, who was a big block of cash, yeah. which is one of the most relatable children's characters I've ever <laughs> thought of. Don't you reckon? Like, Especially in Sydney. Yeah, just go, you know what kids love? A big, undeterminable amount of cash oh, in yeah. a block. If you're a future investment banker, what do you want as a four-year-old? You <laughs> yeah. want a little Blocky doll with real cash inside <laughs> it. <laughs> Imagine taking the Blocky doll to school, and everyone just going, oh, did your parents get that for free? Yeah. yeah they did. <laughs> okay, enough bagging at so Blocky. They, well, then this is the thing. Then he they went had, away. Well, he's he, gone. He's gone. They've got like a, a menagerie they had a They had a competition to decide the new mascot. They had uh, Cash Koala, Piggy Bank, Pay Panda, and Casheroo. So <laughs> oh, there's, there's a, a th- lot going on there. There's, there's a, a lot theme. to digest there. There's a theme. Now, <laughs> Casheroo won out, yeah. okay, on the vote, on the public has. vote. It was announced, exactly. But I've done some digging and I found out... Can't milk it, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I found out what happened to Blocky. What happened to Blocky? I found out the reason Blocky was let go. Sexual harassment? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a Mrs. Blocky for a while. Really? Oh, then it was. Yeah. And just before you give us this big bit of intel on yeah. why Blocky has suddenly gone MIA... Sure. You're not confusing Blocky with Carl Stefanovic <laughs> by any chance there, because he also went <laughs> missing for a long time. He did. He's back, though. He's doing all right. So Blocky, now of course Blocky didn't go for sexual no. harassment. I was joking. Well, I, I don't, I'm I, in enough trouble with the Today Show as it is. I don't need yeah. any more. After I said Risty on air last yeah. week, anyway, move on. You don't yeah. say that. On do you your want show, to have him on Sunrise because he's not welcome on today that is anymore? Suitable, like I said, family. That's, said that, that's my twice. number one value, really. Yeah. Anyway, it was. Well, were you worried your mic wasn't working? <laughs> he he stopped short at doing the action because he remembered he was on TV. <laughs> no, I didn't stop. I didn't. Anyway, anyway Blocky, getting yeah. back to it. Yeah. Blocky was let go because Blocky wasn't able to travel with the show. As you know, when you go around and do, you know, broadcast from various yeah, locations, discover Australia. Tough. There's a lot of equipment going around. With he wasn't, Blocky wasn't collapsable. Oh. And he couldn't sit in a, a seat on the plane. And they had to get and the oversized seatbelt. Yeah, you can't put him in a cricket bag. Exactly. Yeah. Bloody Blocky. That's an Let issue. I mean, down. all TV personalities are collapsable. You have a few drinks Grant at the Daniel. Christmas party. Yeah, exactly. Grant Daniel, straight in a bag. He lives in a bag. <laughs> But do you like a seat, Mr. Daniel? No, I'll just go in the, I'll just go in that small space above me. Thank you. Give us a boost, will you? 
We love Grant, part of the family. Yeah, well done. Good save. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, so the blocky's been let go because uh, he was he was too big, and that's it. That's the only reason. That is unbelievable. Just, like, just, what a tragedy what happened, for Blocky. Can I ask you, Sam, what happens in that circumstance? Okay, so the Blocky, the character's not working out. The person inside Blocky, who's deep inside Blocky, do they <laughs> chuck a block inside the block? He's doing the wristy manoeuvre again. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I shouldn't have died. Uh, that person, uh, do they do they go or they stay? Do they go into the next role and pretend to, you know, do they have to get into character for a new role? What happens? My understanding is there's a quite strict training process, almost like, you know, some people go away to circus school. Like mm. it is quite... To become, you know, one of those characters. A mascot character, Takes yeah. many, many minutes of oh, wow. saying, will you wear this suit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and can you dance around like an idiot? Do you know the cash cow? Yes. Is the cash cow male or female? Well, cows are females. I mm, know, oh, but that's not my question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that works with kids. <laughs> So, oh my God, hypothetically, there could be a man inside the cash cow. That's not good. Inside Why? What have you got against? Don't milk that cow. Have you got an issue with a man being in a cow? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do on several levels. Inside, a, like deeply inside the cow? Not on. Not on. <laughs> this has gone exactly where I thought it was yeah. going to go. Okay. <laughs> Let's open up the phones then. Oh, here we go. Are you ready? What are we going to do? Oh, here we go. Are you ready? Yep. One triple three four. One triple three five three. Liam, panic. Yeah. Uh, no, I I panicked when you started referring to people being inside cows. <laughs> Ready? Who have you been inside? <laughs> no. Okay. You need to preface that. You need to well, provide you further. One triple three five three. Yeah. What, From what's a, that phone number? As a mascot. As a mascot. Yes. How can I mean it? Oh. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Liam, psycho. You are. A sick human being. Yeah, some... Liam, that's awful, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're trying to have some family-friendly fun here. <laughs> could we could we ensure that people understand that it doesn't have to be one of the high-profile ones that everyone no, knows? It no. could just be your local butcher has a mascot. Yeah, 100%. You know, mm. who have you been inside? If you had to dress up as something, I once had to dress up as Con the Fruiterer. Did you? Well, yeah. This is the weirdest thing. I was in high school and uh, I was in trouble for being me. And they said, this is no joke. I don't know what, how this even happened. Like, this would never happen now. They said, Merrick, here's your options. You can do a week of detention. I said, <laughs> You can ha- take one day suspension. And, Ooh, no thanks. Had a few of those. Or you can go and work at the local town fate for two days. And I went, I'll take town fate, please. As Con the Fruiterer. As Con the Fruiterer. Did they specify that or did you choose Con the Fruiterer? <laughs> no, when I got down there, I'm not going to lie, there was limited options when I arrived. I may have left it a little bit late, had a bit of a sleep in, and got down there and they've gone, and they've gone, no, we only got Con the Fruiterer left. And I went, I'm a 14 year old boy. And they've gone, we'll paint on the eyebrows, Mary. It will all work. So technically, I've been inside Con the Fruiterer. No, no, you dressed up as Con the Fruiterer. Okay. One, triple, three, five, three. Who have you been inside? Yeah, yeah as a mascot. Not, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, as a mascot, as a mascot. Hey, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if Blocky called through with a tell-all and told us the oh. real story? Blocky, if you're if, listening. If you're out there. <laughs> Joined this afternoon by Channel 7's Sam Mack, who, of course, is a good friend of the cash cow. Um, sometimes you guys go out and have a few cans together. Love the cash cow, yeah. yeah. Um, cans of non-alcoholic drinks because we're a family-friendly show. Milk. Uh, yeah. milk. Couple um, of, just couple a couple of, moves. of quick things I want to say before we get onto some awesome calls that are coming through. Mm. Um, bit of cash cow trivia. Yes. Cash cow, true story, was once kicked out of the Logies. Really? Absolutely true. This was a couple of years back. Obviously, the Logies is a nine event. Yes. Cash cow walked the red carpet with the stars of sunrise. You know. Black and white, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's Formal, so many cows in show business. I can't believe <laughs> that, that one was isolated. <laughs> and of course, when cash cow walks into that room, when cash cow walks into any room, yeah. all eyes are on cash cow. Hello. People wanted selfies with cash cow. Hello. Basically, they'd h- hired all these international guests to come over and perform. All people wanted was a photo with the yeah. cash cow. And the cash cow was sitting right at the back where some of the seven people were. No biggie, but we get thrown to the back because it's a nine event. Yep. And um, people were trying to feed the cash cow beef. And oh, that, that's so that was the point that security oh, said. that is so good. Okay, you're, you're stealing the show. <laughs> is, we're going to take you out, cash cow. That is the best. Cash cow eating beef. I love, I love it when animals don't know they're eating their own kind. You know what I mean? Like when you're, you have like, a, you know, you get a quarter of chicken and chips, right? You're next to the beach and then along comes a curious seagull and you just go, oh, I'm a superior being. Eat your friend. And you flick him a bit and they go, oh, chip, chip. And you go, no, no, you've just eaten the compatriot. Anyway, 
Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Got weird. Yeah, well, and it's only going to get weirder. One, triple, three, five, three. Who have you been inside? As a mascot. <laughs> As a mascot. As a mascot. Tim in Colton. Hello, mate. Hey, mate. How you doing? Very good indeed. All right. Who have you been inside? <laughs> Uh, I've been inside Jeffrey the giraffe, the Toys R Us mascot. Oh, I, I can I can picture Jeffrey straight away. Yeah. Uh, one of the classics of the entertainment yeah. industry. Um, what was the scenario? Were you working for Toys R Us at the time, mate? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was working there. I was working at the Campbelltown store at the time, yep. and we're doing some uh, promo work with uh, West Tigers. So we'd go along to the games and like walk around the perimeter of the hundred percent. The hundred percent. Nothing says West Tigers like a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> and um, tigers and giraffes, traditional allies in, in, in the wild. Tim, what was the what was the uh, you know the audition process to get the gig inside yeah. Jeffrey? Any rules? Uh, no, it was like a community outreach program. Like we would donate stuff for them to give away to charities and whatnot, mm-hmm. so we could go and do promo there. Oh, that's, that sounds all good. But, um, a few background yeah, checks true, on you though, Timmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one or two. Yeah, yeah I thought but in true right. Campbelltown fashion, I um I got punched in the face by some large Islander kids on the uh, side of the field. Oh, that was really tall Islander kids. If they're always, punching a giraffe in the face, too. that was always going to happen. That was always well, no, they, they going to happen. They punched me in the face through the neck of the giraffe. Oh wow, Jeez. that is particularly callous, isn't it? Great aiming, well played, <laughs> fellas. Thank you, Tim. Let's get to Brian on the Central Coast. Hello, mate. G'day, mate. Uh, first time, long time. Um, long time, yeah. Well, I've uh, been inside the, the Mad Hatter, who used to be a mascot for the pancake parlor chain oh, down in Victoria. Yes. Oh, brilliant. That wow, is brilliant. Okay. And, and even worse, like I had to do it during a Moomba parade. So there a, I'm in, the, in yeah. this 15-year-old, stinky, smelly, dreadful-fitting <laughs> suit. Same situation as the giraffe. I uh, could only see through the neck. And I'm walking through the crowd down, down, down the main street of Swanson Street um, with Alice in Wonderland handing out boiled lollies to small children. <laughs> Different and, uh, times. And they, wanted, and they all wanted hugs. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it was quite, quite awkward. Yeah. See, now it's different times now. You hand out boiled sweets to children, then ask for a cuddle. Oh <laughs> I mean, before you know it, out comes the wobble board. <laughs> <laughs> Paul from Belrose is on the line. Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Who have you been inside? Uh, I've been inside Humphrey Bear. Oh, Humphrey B. Bear, one of the great um, children's entertainers of our time. Now, Humphrey doesn't speak ever, mm. does he? So, right. what was the, or yeah, how did you get this role and, and what did they expect from you, mate? Oh, mate, I, I grew up as a kid. Um, his, his son was a, played footy with us and stuff like that, and we had to go down to Warringah Mall. Uh, it was a bit of opening of, an extension of Warringah Mall and stuff, you know, and uh, Dad said, you know, look, I'm too tired, you know, I don't feel like doing it, and you're more than welcome to jump in the suit, and, you know, it's just more or less parading around and, you know, having having a bit of fun with the kids and all that type of stuff, you know. <laughs> just... So hold on, Paul, are you the son of the like original Humphrey? Go... <laughs> no, he was his friend. Oh. It was his friend's dad. Yeah, oh, I would have thought they'd been just, quite protective of the Humphrey like thinking. brand. I you know, Humphrey. Go, Anyone want to be Humphrey? Yeah. What about you, Paul from Belrose? Yep. Hey, um, we need a new Dorothy the dinosaur. Um, let's go down <laughs> to Tent City. We'll just find, you know, anyone, <laughs> someone's up for it. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Adam McDougall is the health hacker. Health hacking is simply hacking into the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world and applying these little tricks and routines into your own life. I'm a health hacker because I've been a professional athlete for 20 years, but I've also combined my experience as an athlete with my university studies, from economics to nutrition and sports science, with the practical application that I achieved as an athlete to help people hack into their health. In each episode, I'm going to share with you the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world. You can hack into your own health and live a happier and healthier life. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Sam, interesting. Uh, There's been a list of the most popular songs uh, of surgeons, so doctors. Yeah, right. 
a playlist for doctors. So Spotify has uh, the ability to uh, make a playlist for different people for yeah. different reasons. And what they've done is they've uh, made a, a playlist that is the most common songs listened to by people who cut us open in operation theatres. And do, do they specify if they listen to it while they're yes. cutting us? Yes. So this yeah, is yeah, while yeah. they're That's busy what it's about. with the whatever so they're called, knife thingies, sutures, scalpels. scalpels. That, yep, they're yeah. the terms I was looking for. They yeah. are listening to what? Gloves. Dre? What, are, what well, sort of vibe? Like, you're about to find out. So according to a research... I said Dre because he's a doctor. Um, Dr. Dre? Yeah, oh, you guys good. should have Sorry. picked up on that. What about that? Dr. Um, Feelgood? That's the best I've got. Dr. Feelgood, he doesn't have a scalpel. He's just got a syringe. He's going, oh, that feels good. <laughs> I feel so sleepy, Dr. Field. According to a recent <laughs> survey, 90% of surgeons choose to chuck on music while they're in the operating theatre. 100%. So, I, last time well, I went 90, to... I think he said. It's <laughs> 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 true. It's true. Not 100%. It's true. I was, Are you disappointed um, that your maths joke got better than your Dr. Dre yeah, joke? It was very good. I'm known for my maths jokes. Yeah, we went to it very quickly. Yeah. That's what was surprising. Like a scalpel, bang, like a surgeon, just <laughs> like an elective surgeon. I um I had my appendix out a few years ago, and just before I went under, uh, I was more consumed with how they were going to shave my pubes. <laughs> they were talking about the playlist, and I remember thinking as I was like going under for nine eyes time, um, <laughs> as the drugs were coursing through my veins, yeah, they were talking about what songs to play, and I was going, just keep me alive. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, like, were they going into specifics, like song titles? I can't and you were like, what it was. You couldn't speak, but you are like, oh, terrible choice. No, yeah, that's, no, that's not on the Triple M playlist. Worst decision ever. That was the thing. At the time, I remember thinking, oh, that's okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Then you I remember thinking I was reasonably okay with their choice, but I can't remember what it was because I was so heavily sedated so they could cut me open. Well, they've done research and found that uh, a surgeon's technique actually improves and they're more efficient at closing incisions while 100%. they're listening to music. 100%. So, I would. I'd be awesome with some music. What I've got for you guys here... Is some songs, oh, and I want you to yeah, tell good. me whether these songs appear on the Surgeon playlist oh, or not. All right, good, we'll take good. it in turns. This play along at home or in your car. Yeah. Mez, this one's first one's up for you. Here yes. we go. <laughs> on the Surgeon's playlist or not? I like it, but I don't think it was. No. Incorrect. That does appear. Ted Nugent, with just what the doctor ordered, does appear on the surgeon's playlist. That's a bit like self- so. I don't trust surgeons. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit self-referential, isn't it? Yes, like, yeah. Only listening to songs about themselves yeah, exactly, and their occupation. That's why I thought no, it wouldn't be like that because that'd be like literally, you know, coming in. Look at the radio host and the talking. Shut up, Nugent. All right, yeah. Sam, Sam. This one's for you. Does this appear on the surgeon's playlist? Oh, that's better. I want that surgeon to cut me open. Stop. Um, Oh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna. Great song, but mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no because I feel that that's maybe that's the sort of song that you get carried away with. Man, oh, seriously, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, I was air drumming while we were doing that, and yeah. believe it or not, I'm not a surgeon, but yeah. like, they're not <laughs> adverse to that kind of being taken over by a song. But seriously, you go in there just for a little bit of a tiny vasectomy, you come out. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. They've just gone too far. They've got, you know what? How good is this song? Let's keep going. I'm going to say no, it's not on the playlist. Incorrect. That is also oh, on the Surgeon's playlist. Oh, it should be. Bang. Yes. All right, Merrick, yep. this one's for you. Go. Is this on the Surgeon's playlist? Hey, like a surgeon. <laughs> oh, weird That's Weird Al isn't it? Correct. No, that is not. That is not on the Surgeon's list. Not a, not a chance. Not You're a correct. Chance. It's not on the Surgeon's Thanks playlist. God for that. <laughs> Far out. Imagine waking up like, oh, to that. Oh, mate, you'd flip out. Sam uh, Mack. Is this song on the Surgeon's Playlist? Oh, that's a great song. That's a great song. It's too Rage good a song machine. not to be on the playlist. I'm going to say yes. That is not on the oh, Surgeon's Playlist. Is, that is, in fact, wrong with that is in fact the song. I said, Merrick Watts, if you had to operate on somebody, what song would you do it to? And killing he said, in the Killing name in the Name Of. Yeah, because yeah, that's what I'd be doing. Because <laughs> I'd be killing in the name of trying to help them. <laughs> Merrickville on Triple M, thanks to Xperia XZ Premium Smartphone from Sony. Sam Max in the studio with me today, and uh, one of his favourite things in the world is cats. Yeah, yeah. Well, today <laughs> Which is, is sad. Today is um, a very big day. It's International Cat Day. So. What happens on International Cat Day? Do we all recognise how deficient they are as a type of animal? Is that what we do? Well, I mean, look, you've obviously had some bad experiences with some cats. I'm currently life, having them, and um, and we need to talk about them. You know, I I think this do is we a have day to do to it on celebrate. the radio. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. I think. Look, for me, every day is International Cat Day. I'm oh, not don't lie. say this that. Is how I live my life. Don't um, say that. Are my cats rescue cats? Yes, they are. Am I doing my bit for charity? Sure. Um, but.
but that's not what this is about. This is not a competition. You probably got your purebred. If it was a competition to be single and lonely, yeah. you'd win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got two Burmese cats, right? And they're both girls. They're sisters. And they've never spent a day apart from each other because we bought them. Because I just went, I'm not going back another time. Just get two. What are their names? I didn't even go. Georgia went and got them. What are their names? Uh, Ponyo and Kiki. Okay. They're named after <laughs> Japanese cartoon characters my kids watch. I don't ask. I don't name them. Anyway, one's really good looking. The other one's ugly. The ugly one tries harder. Oh. Yeah, the really good looking one doesn't try as hard. Remind you of anything else in human life? <laughs> what are you suggesting no, there? I'm not suggesting anything. I'm asking you. Well, I'm not going to answer it. Um... <laughs> Why? Well done. <laughs> because um, it's going to eat into the time where I could be telling you about my cat. So you've got a backpack for your cat. I've seen yeah. it's got like a little astronaut's helmet right. in the backpack. Otherwise so it can... known as a cat pack. Um, oh. it's, it's basically it's oh. like a school backpack, but it has like a little sort of bulb thing where it, the, yeah. the cat can see, so the cat can see what's going on, and lots of air along the sides so the cat can breathe, which I think is important. Oh, I'd, you know, well, for, for most yeah. animals. Okay. Um, right. But yeah, I can take my cat for a walk. I'm not. That's not something I do regularly. Um, what do you I, mean? You've taken your cat for a I walk? I have, two or three times. Special occasions. Hang on, yeah. wait. Backtrack. Uh, hang on. On a leash or something? No, like mainly to the vet or, um, you He's know. In the cat walk. pack. Like, hang yeah. on. Just, do you free range your cats? Do they get out there on grass and stuff like that and have a muck around? Do you oh, do that? In front of my house, I allow them to, but full supervision. Generally, myself and my housemate, either end of the street to like just keep, you know, keep a lookout to keep people away. But, and cars. Um, we do full street closures if the cats need a little bit of five minutes of outside time. Block party. Uh, yeah, that's right. But Coco is the white Vermilla with one tooth who oh, what? is gaining quite a following on um, oh, on, on Instagram, Life of Jesus. Miss Coco, if you want to follow her. No, and the other one no is... No one listening does. <laughs> I guarantee they do. The other one is Catra, who is a plus-size model. So she's, you know, she's actually trying to give um, other cats who maybe a... a Thicker boned, um, a positive message. Of, it's okay. It's what do you, okay. Do you, do you have clothes for your cats? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh. I had a lady who watches Sunrise um, from Adelaide. Who she was on holiday in Japan, and she sent me um, little bonnet hats for the cats. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. quite that's quite popular actually. Yeah. In Japan, have bonnet. you dressed yours up? Uh, uh, hang on, let me ask that question again. Has someone in your house dressed yours up? Because it's definitely not you, because you're a real man. No, I dressed them up. <laughs> Have I been drinking? Yes. What did you dress them up had, as? This is when we had two we had two. And was it the hot cats. one or the ugly one? Uh, it was the hot one. Um, <laughs> that was the shark. He was a brown cat. And he was Burmese. He was the good looking rooster. And uh, I'd had a few drinks. And my sister-in-law actually bought it in Thailand. Bought a um, stripper's um, costume for a no, cat. No. What yeah. is wrong with you two? Dude, it was hilarious. Anyway, it's like a stripper outfit for cats. Anyway, like we laughed oh, yeah. about and then it. what happened? We had it for months and then one night I was drinking and I went, I'm totally going to dress the cat I'm as a hooker. I'm just trying to visualize this. What sort of stripper Such outfit? Awful. Like boots or? Awful thing. No, it was like, um, I think like it was leather. like, no, it was like a, a fishnet stockings oh, caper. No, <laughs> it was. It was a boy cat too. It was all wrong. How much had you La been lady drinking? boy cat. Because this is now a police issue. How much did I had to drink? Probably, honestly, probably my first stubby. Now <laughs> I, get, I get loose early in Mary, my house. I'd Mary, like to welcome yeah. you to the cat community. Yeah. Well, wait, welcome. you might be about to kick him out. Did you finish yeah. that night with your party trick? What? With the cat in my mouth? Yeah. Yes, I did. What? what? I put one of the cats in my mouth once when I'd been drinking again. How and, much of the cat? Uh, just its head. Oh, right. I'm glad it was that side. Yeah. So I put its head... <laughs> If you're planning to do it at home, guys, I definitely no. recommend the head. So I put the I put the cat's head because it was always a kitten, right? And it was an amusing thing to do. I was going, look, I could fit the whole cat in my head, the whole cat's head in my mouth. So I did it anyway. And then one time I put it in there, and it, it, it had grown subsequently over the course of six to twelve months. I hadn't realised it had a growth spurt. And uh, when I put it in my mouth, I got trapped and I couldn't get it out. And it was stuck inside my mouth. And I, I could, it was a real issue. I started getting a, a bit panicked and it was all wrong. And then, uh, and then eventually... You I are just, so desperate to get in the oh, social pages these days. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the bad thing is, this, the bad thing is I walked into this studio today as the crazy cat guy. Yeah. yeah. Now I rest yeah. my case. I think we've got a new, a new addition yeah. to the group. And there is, I know that there is so many blokes right now oh, yeah. listening to this just yelling at, that's a different way of eating. And go, okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, fellas. I think we're okay. Happy different, International different, Cat Day. Happy International yeah, Cat Day. It, Sam Mack, thanks for joining me. Put this a cat in your been mouth. Absolute pleasure. Maybe not. I think we've been banned and I'm expecting a report from the RSPCA soon. Well, there's been tremendous effectiveness by our state and federal police 
as they have swept across Sydney and, uh, indeed, across the world uh, in raids right across 52 warrants in one of the biggest attacks on organised crime in Australian history. And the AFP have taken, apparently, 1.8 tonnes of narcotics, which were seized in raids with 17 arrests across Sydney. And here's what uh, they had to say. It will be alleged in court that the Australian syndicates work closely with syndicates in the Netherlands and Dubai to arrange, purchase and facilitate the importation of drugs between November 2016 and the last few days here in Sydney in August 2017. The drugs never made it to Australia. An outstanding result for our federal and local police there. Joining me on the line, I've got uh, Yoni Bashan, who is uh, from the Daily Telegraph, a crime reporter. Mate, thank you very much for being on the show. What do we know uh, about today's raids? Some pretty big names arrested in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Look, your listeners are going to be familiar with some of the names who came out today, but a lot more are going to come out in the coming days just because of the the amount of people who've been arrested. Um, What's really interesting about the people who've gone down in this particular bust is that they really represent an interesting cross-section of the Middle East and organised crime community in Sydney and and more broadly in Australia. Um, So... You know, these are definitely names that over the next couple of days your listeners should be paying attention to, especially for anyone wondering out there who some of the Mr Bigs in this town really are. And I think that's kind of what's making this particular set of raids so special is that um, there, there were a number of big surprises amongst the people who were arrested. The names of those people are certainly um, very interesting for people who are familiar with the crime reporting world. Mm. And um, they certainly um, comprise some of the, the biggest names in this city when it comes to um, alleged drug importing and drug supply. Yoni, is this a sense that they're cutting their head off a snake? I mean, is this, you know, sometimes, you know, the police, is, as much as they try and they, they try to get to the very top of the chain, sometimes they find that, you know, they can only get halfway before they're disconnected. But it seems as though they've got right to the, you know, the, the top end of town as far as drug trafficking in this country goes. Yeah, absolutely. Look, a couple of things about that. So, first of all, this particular bust represents a really important symbolic victory for Australian law enforcement because what often happens is, the people that get arrested in Australia are kind of proxies for people who are operating overseas. Most of the drugs in this country, you know, a lot of it's manufactured, but a great number of it is imported here. And what Australian law enforcement is quite successful at is arresting the people who are here locally importing it. What often doesn't happen is getting the people who are masterminding this, or as you say, the the top of the food chain, um, the people who are exporting the drugs into this country. And what what this arrest seems to symbolise is is a, a total takedown of syndicates that are sending drugs from overseas into here, and that really doesn't happen every, uh, very often. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's quite startling, the amount of drug seizures in itself, but and, and the fact that it's been stopped here. It's a great collaborative effort with overseas uh, agencies as well. But the, uh, the Arab Emirates and those areas in the Middle East, they're not exactly lenient for drug trafficking. Now, we know that a couple of arrests have been made there, high-profile, well, potentially high-profile arrests have been made there, they would be facing potentially uh, lethal results uh, if they're not extradited uh, back to Australia. Yeah, I, I think the plan is to extradite them. I, I, I don't anticipate that those people who were arrested overseas are going to remain overseas. I think mm-hmm. uh, a very, very strong likelihood that those people who were arrested there are going to be brought back here and going to be brought to justice in, um, in this town. Uh, one, one thing I should just add about this arrest is that, you know, it, it takes a lot to actually cause a dent in the drug market in Australia. There, there is a lot of drugs in this country, and um, in this particular case, um, a lot of drug was seized. But, you know, w- one of the bittersweet elements of a job like this is that um, you would need to bust a syndicate like this uh, a couple of times a month for an entire year for any significant dent in the drug market to wow. actually take place or to really bust the drug market. So uh, all our results like this are spectacular and and law enforcement needs to be praised for it. Um, people need to keep in mind that a lot of the, the numbers that are being thrown around, about several tonnes seized of this and a couple of hundred kilograms of cocaine or whatever, um, it, it is an impressive result in itself. But um, the, the battle in this space is so far from one. Mate, you uh, wrote a book, uh, The Squad, The Truth Behind Sydney's Middle Eastern uh, Organised Crime Squad, uh, last year. Um are you surprised? Did you see this coming? Did you know that this was kind of on the radar, that these that these raids were going to take effect at some stage? I mean, the people involved, did you say, well, it's only a matter of time before they get raided? Yeah, I kind of did. Um, a lot of the people who've been arrested today or overnight um, are people who've been on the police radar for in excess of two decades. 
Um, they're people who I wrote about in my book who were kind of running around Sydney in the late 90s. They're people who have been to jail and who have gotten out of jail. And what often happens is um, people who start out as criminals and who devote their life to um, the underworld or to gang lifestyles, they, they don't tend to come good that easily. Um, and those who try tend to fall back into it. Yep. Um, one person arrested in these particular raids um, is someone who only recently got out of jail. And um, I think a lot of people, particularly in law enforcement, anticipated that that person would fall back into their life of crime. And these arrests seem to um, be a testament to that. Mate, your book, uh, The Squad, The Truth Behind Sydney's Middle Eastern Organised Crime Squad, is available now. Uh, kind of wish maybe it was released around about now as opposed to last year because, I mean, wow, what a what a great gift for, for Dad for Father's Day, your book, just after the raids. I mean, couldn't have timed that better, but unfortunately, it's still available, and that's the important thing, Yoni. And uh, you can get out there and find that now. Yoni Bashan, uh, the uh, Daily Telegraph's crime reporter, thank you very much for your time, mate. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. The next billion seconds are the most important in human history as technology transforms the way we live and work. The smartphone, barely a decade old, has given billions access to information and capacities they've never had before. It's changing what we can do and it's changing the shape of the future. So what does that future look like? Hi, I'm Mark Pesci, the host of The Next Billion Seconds, a new show on Podcast One. Join me as I speak to some of the brightest minds shaping that world, the people who are spending their lives forming that future. We'll hear about their work in helping shape those next billion seconds. Listen at podcastone.com.au or on the Podcast One app. Well, I've been delving a little bit into a bit of Sydney's history. I've got a little segment going on. We don't know how long it's going to go for, probably until we get some bad feedback. It's called Sydney Uncovered. We're basically, I'll take a snapshot of something that you may have heard a little bit about Sydney, but you may not know more or enough about it. Uh, today, I've actually selected James Roos. You know it's going to survive long enough, at least for another couple of weeks, Mez, because we made an opener. That could be longer than me. You live in this city, but do you know what lies beneath? This is an incomplete history of Australia's first colony. This is Sydney Uncovered. Okay, so James Roos, most of us will know him from obviously the suburb Roos, but also to James Roos Drive. I mean, everybody who's been um, stuck in that awesome traffic nightmare uh, as you head from uh, Granville around, right around to top of North Parramatta there. Obviously, that is a huge interconnecting road. But the interesting thing about James Roos is he was actually Australia's first real farmer, non-Indigenous farmer, I should specify. He was the first colonist to come to Australia and actually get a bit of a fist on on agriculture in this country because they were so smart. When they came to Australia, they went, let's get a whole lot of guys in uniform and a whole lot of convicts and no one who knows anything about farming techniques uh, which was a bit of an oversight. Thus, some people had to eat other people in Tasmania. That was a thing. What? Yeah, man. Oh, let's not go. Let's. I'm, I can only just handle the history of Sydney. Let's not, I'll get to that. Let's not disappear oh, down mate. the yum 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 toilet of history Irish that is Tasmania. Ate the bejesus out of each other. Anyway, okay. <laughs> really, some ugly stuff too. Oh, awful. Anyway, pretty grim. But James Roos didn't. He got a parcel of land and he created the first kind of agricultural elements of Sydney, and so therefore of the colony. This is James Roos history. James Roos was a Cornish farmer born in 1760. At the age of 23, he was convicted of breaking and entering, or B&E, or a berg to us recidivists, <laughs> big word, and was sentenced to seven years transportation to Australia, where he was heard to say, Oh, what? Come on, Your Honour. I was just holding them watches for Troy. you, Troy. He arrived at Sydney Cove on the first fleet with 18 months of his sentence left remaining. Shit timing. Roos applied to Governor Arthur Phillip for a land grant to begin farming. Governor Phillip, desperate to make the colony self-sufficient, allocated Roos an allotment at Roos Hill, now Rose Hill, where he proved himself industrious and showed that it was possible to survive through farming. Other attempts at surviving included eating other convicts. So James thought, you know what? I think I'll plant me some kale. I've got a feeling it's about to take off. And besides, I'm not eating Troy. Troy, stop eating, Vincent. Bloody idiot. Such a Troy thing to do. 
Whilst at first his harvest didn't yield sufficient corn to feed the colony, Roos did produce enough seeds for the next year's crop, which was successful. Governor Philip rewarded Roos with the first land grant made in New South Wales, along with a gift of pigs and chickens. Roos was grateful, but he had specifically requested a case of bourbon and cola cans and a mail-order bride that didn't have scurvy or poo stains on her clothes. Rare things to come by in the colony. The land grant was 30 acres, enabling him to eventually sell 600 bushels of corn. Don't ask me what a bushel is. I thought it was something you saw in 80s porn. Anyway, Roos later exchanged the grant for more fertile land on the Hawkesbury River. In later life, having been almost bankrupted by flooding, he was heavily in debt and only the hard work of his wife saved him from bankruptcy. Who says mail-order brides don't work? Roos found work as a seaman. <laughs> Sorry. And later, a farm overseer in Minto, which was later changed to Minnow, once it was inhabited by people who can't even pronounce the name of their own town. He died at Campbelltown on the 5th of December, 1837. Probably stabbed. Yeah, it would have been stabbed. The memory of James Roos is perpetuated in the naming of key locations across Sydney, including James Roos Agricultural High School in Carlingford, James Roos Drive and the suburb of Roos. Although this appears to be an amazing legacy, Troy had a Brad Pitt film named after him, so Troy wins. <laughs> that is way more interesting than when you try to tell me stuff in the office. No, yeah, because the music. See? Yeah, absolutely. If I, I travelled with a soundtrack, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get myself an old school beatbox. I'm going to put it on my shoulder and I'm going to play that music <laughs> and then I'm going to talk at people and we go, he's suddenly become I'd interesting. Listen. I would listen. Just go, well, he was never interesting. Now he is. I want to know something about Sydney. Sydney, you tell me something I don't know. I don't... I don't proclaim to know everything about Sydney, but I do love history. Tell me something about your city that you reckon I don't know. Fascinate me. Are, with you, a piece just of trying to, are you just trying to farm our listeners for more content for this segment? Yeah, I can't just rely on you two half-wit producers. God, I need, <laughs> I need a crowd to help me out. One triple three five three. Tell me something about Sydney I don't know. Get your Xperia XZ Premium smartphone from Sony today on plan or outright from all telco carriers, JB Hi-Fi and Sony. Merrickville, 104.9 Triple M. I just asked, uh, after doing Sydney Uncovered, if you had a little tidbit of information about Sydney, a piece of history that I don't know about and you want to challenge me to it, not challenge me to it, just tell me. It won't be a challenge. Just tell tell me and I'll learn. Uh, and we've got so many calls coming through. We've got James in Ermington. Kick it off, mate. Yeah, g'day, Mez. How are you, bud? Really good indeed. Okay, mate, uh, I'm not really sure. It, it, um, well, the first pub in... In Sydney. First, now, first I, pub or oldest pub? The oldest pub in Sydney. Right, okay. So the one still standing? Oldest pub still standing? Yes. Man of yes. War, I think, at the Rocks? Well, that's what I thought, but I do believe it's in um, Parramatta, mate. There is a pub that was... I know that there was a brewery in Parramatta, and I know that yeah. there was... There was uh, the, the courthouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that was... But that's not... The original brewery there, uh, the, the original um, pub is no longer there. But I think the, yep. the the longest lasting one, so therefore Australia's kind of longest lasting pub, is the Man of War at the Rocks. Okay, well that, that's what I thought. But then I went to, um, oh, it was a couple of years ago. I went yeah. to um, to that pub, and um, it it said on its coasters the oldest pub in 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 Australia. Yeah, but to be fair, mate, so does the Edamoga. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Rudy Hill RSL. Okay, yeah. they're going too far out. Thank you, James. That's a good little tidbit of information there. I like that. Got uh, Nick and Cronulla. Hello, mate. Yeah, good day, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Hit, hey, me, um, little, hit me the little Sydney yeah, fact. I'm enjoying this. Um, the Darlow Court, you know, the big Darlow Court up there at Taylor Square. Yep. There's apparently there's a tunnel because I worked in there as a plumber, as a contractor. But I mean, there's a tunnel that goes from there. Right up up Oxford Street and comes out at Queen Victoria uh, at the Victoria Barracks up there in Panama. Really? Yeah. Uh, so like a secret tunnel. What was it used for? So so the barracks it would oh, have been I'm, to. I'm not, I'm not that old, mate. I don't... <laughs> okay, fair enough, mate. <laughs> fair cool. Yeah, Barrack idiot. <laughs> so, so from Taylor Square all the way up yeah. to the barracks. So that might. Yeah, be... up the Victoria Barracks. So oh, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, that'd be a few hundred metres up there at Oxford Street. You know, you go up the hill, right. past the old, uh, you know, all the old gay pubs up there. Yeah. 
whatever. I think, and, uh, I think yeah. I'm just I'm hypothesising here. I'm sure it was probably for munitions or, you know, for safe transportation of munitions or something like that. But you got to think that maybe there was a few blokes at the barracks who didn't mind dressing up a little bit, going out on a Friday night, having a good time out, and good luck to them. And they want to take what's known as the Rainbow Tunnel straight down to Taylor Square, get a few into them. <laughs> Rainbow Tunnel. Yeah, the Rainbow Tunnel. That could mean a couple of things. And then and then pop back to the barracks before anybody's wiser. I mean, is, I mean, there's only one way to find out, Merrick. No, there's not. There's no like way you, to I find feel out. Like you have to go and walk the Rainbow Tunnel. I don't think it's going to happen. You can't roll up and go, I'd like to walk the Rainbow Tunnel. They're going to go, mate. <laughs> no, well, you can't. We've got to go through a We've got to go through a multi-million dollar postal vote before you're allowed to walk the Rainbow yeah, exactly. Tunnel. Exactly. Poor buggers. All right. Uh, I've got Lindsay in Randwick. Yeah, I didn't Merrick. mean it like that, Liam. I didn't mean buggers like that. I know. Don't be a dickhead. Sorry, Lindsay. Carry on. You're right. You know where Gordon's Bay is? Yes. There's a natural artesian basin, right? It goes all the way from the snowy mountains all the way down there through the sandstone, and that's where they get their water from down there. Dead set. So Gordon's Bay, if I'm not mistaken, is that the one that's near? It's yep. near Coogee and Clovelly. That area. It's the that little that that's- tiny little bay. That's correct, where the fishing boats are. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I went snorkeling there about 15 years ago. I went for, it's a nice little spot there, but there's fresh water that runs down from the mountains there. That's exactly right. Next time you go down there, taste the water. It's the purest water in Sydney. Well, just, it's just coming out of the rocks or something, is it? Yep, all the way from the snowy mountains. Jeez, there you go. I've been, for so long, I've been living in the city drinking from taps. What a, I look like an idiot now. <laughs> You made me look like a bloody idiot. This is good. Can we do this again? Yeah. Okay. We've got time for one more call. Have we? Oh, excellent. Good, 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 good. All right. This is Patrick and Padstow. How are you, Merrick? Good, mate. Tell me something I don't know about Sydney. Did you know that there is a complete underground train system that's not used? Okay. Uh, is that the cross? You're not talking about the Cross City Tunnel. Because... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no one uses that. No, no, no. There's actually a whole train system. Underneath, my brother's working on, he's an engineer and he's working on the light rail. Yep. And they're having to change what they're doing every 10 minutes because as they dig down, they're finding more and more stuff that isn't on plans anywhere. But there's actually a whole series of tunnels without, with light uh, train rails and everything, but they're still not connected. But yeah, there's an underground underground city underneath Sydney. Patrick, do we know when the, the tunnels were built? I mean, was it like during a wartime or was I it... I think it's back in the 40s, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would make sense. Because, I mean, you've, you've got, um, you know, there was a lot of... The, the armory as well, which is, you know, that was all linked up with rail, a special rail, railway network. Everything mate, underground yeah, to prevent um, bombing and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. mate. Yeah, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's an underground city. I think that's where half of the homeless that aren't at Martin Place are living. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of sad, but also too quite informative. So I've got a happy, sad smile. Going on there. Sorry, Patrick. That's good. That was great. I want to do this all the time. Can we just do this every day? I've learned so much. I'm going to go home. I'm going to tell my missus to go, yeah, I heard on the show. Oh, okay, all right. Have you got a persistent medical condition that you're currently putting off? Sounds like you're doing a live read. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a persistent if, medical condition you're putting off? Well, come and see us at What's Family Doctors. As if a pharmaceutical company would have enough faith in me. Seriously, they just got, nah, not him. Get Alan Jones. He's good. People trust him. What about Ray Hadley? Uh, less so, but yes. Yeah. Um, I've got a condition, Liam. And when I say a condition, I've got a few This conditions. is not a surprise to me. I've got a few conditions. Mm. But I've been putting this one off for about five years now. What? And I'm starting to, get, yeah, starting to get irritating to the point where I'm going, oh, because I, I don't go to the doctor's, you know, unless... Um, I really have to. I don't, yeah. I, you know, I go and get a Unless checkup every now and again. Your motorbike or you? No, I don't fall off my motorbike, man. If I got, I'm not going to a doctor's. Then I'm going to a hospital. <laughs> you know nothing about motorbikes. No, you're right. I don't. Um, so I, I've got a little chip in my elbow, right? Okay. I've got a bone fragment has uh, in my elbow. So uh, I've snapped off a tiny little wedge of bone right at the tip of my elbow. And normally, like, it doesn't give me any grief. It, like, sure. I never notice it during the day, and then. Every now and again, I'll just go to lean on something, right? Like mm. on a bench. And I just go, oh, and I could feel the bone fragment digging in yeah. and touching the other bone, like touching my elbow yeah. and digging in. I go, I don't, that's not pleasant. No. I don't like that. And I always think to myself, you know what you need to do? Go to the bloody doctors and have the bloody thing cut out. It will be day surgery. You'll be in there, in and out. They might give you some party times. Mm-hmm. When I say party times, you know. The green whistle. Yeah, bingo. Mm. Make you go nine eyes. I mm. love that stuff. Anyway, that's a bonus. 
uh, or wouldn't be driving after that, of course. But then um, <laughs> take a little bone fragment out, and I would never have a problem again. It would take like, so why don't you I get it done? Do it why don't you just get it done? I probably do it myself. You should oh, definitely not do it yourself. No. Why shouldn't you? Why don't you just get it done? Because I just I don't know. I, I just it's a medical condition, so I just put it off. I just go. I can do oh. that. I'll do that next week, and then it, then I'll wait a little while, and then it will get loose again. Yeah. Because I think what's happened is it's calcified a little bit. And now it won't join to the bone again, so it's got to it's got to come out. Do you know what the only, only thing? It's only tiny. You know the only thing worse than um, you ignoring a medical condition that you've got. My pain is your self diagnosis mm. of your own medical conditions. Mm. How many years did you do at medical school? Uh, hang on. None. Okay, sure. Yeah. So uh, in not a not going and getting it checked out. I know what it is, and then diagnosing it yourself. How I do know you know what it, what it is? Because I can feel the little chip, and also I remember when I did it. <laughs> so. I went to get something off. This is because I can feel what too. it is. Yeah, yeah, it's the lamest injury of all time, right? So I went to get something down off a shelf, right? And as I was bringing it down, it was heavy. As I was bringing it down off the shelf, I brought my elbow down yeah. and I clipped the very edge of the next shelf down, yeah. and it just just took off a little splinter of bone. Underneath my you elbow, are, I can feel it. I can feel it in there. He wriggles around. You sometimes. are absolutely go, right about that being the lamest injury ever. Yeah, I, t- I didn't say it was a tough injury. <laughs> But it has restricted. So why don't you just go and get it checked? Oh, because I've got to go in there and explain things and you have to give them a card. You could, I could get you the audio of this break we've just done. You could take that into them. Can't we email it to them? <laughs> Can they come here? Can we get a surgeon to come here? Can we do that? Can we get somebody to do it I'm live on I'm looking at air? executive producer, we Maddie, and do, I would love that to happen. Maddie, You can't do medical operations on air. What about, but what if we've what got about, consent? Hang on, hang on a second. You can't you can't take a little slither of bone out of my elbow on air. No, no medical what operations. About, what about just a couple of inches, just to help a help an old bloke <laughs> out in his forties? It's always been a dream. It's an ongoing medical condition. Just a couple of extra inches. It's not too much to ask. I can take some fat from somewhere. I don't care how it comes about. A little piece of extra. Take skin. a little chip I don't out care. your I just elbow. Want to take that out there. Have a full time boner. And the irony, okay. of course, it would be obviously always okay. Going too far. One triple three five three. What medical condition are you currently putting off? If you got a long-standing medical condition, there's something that's going on with you. It could be anything at all. It could be dangerous. You might have something in you, like a bullet or a nail. You hear about people who find out they've had broken legs for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and they just put it off, put it off. I mean, I've got the thing is, is I've got you know broken hands and stuff like that, but the bones in my in my hands are pretty badly mashed up. But this is just the thing that's irritated. Like that's just something I'll just be arthritic and won't be able to. You might just need a, 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 a nice, you know, Epsom salts bath, mate. You might Shut just be up. getting old. Look at <laughs> Epsom baths. You, what do you, mate? What is this? The nineteen thirties? Radox, mate. I'll get a Radox bath. Get the Green Dream for real. One triple three five three. What's your medical condition that you're putting off? Talking about injuries that you've got a medical condition that you've been putting off and putting off. How long have you been putting off? What is it? I've got a little chip of bone in my elbow, which you try to make sound very piss weak. It's actually very annoying when I lean on, lean on things, Liam. Yeah, well, producer Tom just came in and gave us something that's probably more piss weak than your elbow. What was that? Uh, producer Tom, who's the producer of Dead Set Legends, which is coming on straight after this, still has a baby tooth in his mouth. Oh! Oh, you cretin! And, and, and just to be clear, we, we're not employing a child here. Tom is like 26 or something. He's, He's still child. got a baby tooth in his mouth. Yuck! Yeah. What's wrong with him? Yeah. That's foul. That's crook. I didn't want. That's a medical condition. That's just. Oh, just go and get it taken out, mate. Yeah, just. Oh, far. Oh, I feel for his family. Trent in Windsor. Hello. How you going? Good, mate. All right. What's the medical condition that you are currently putting off? Uh, there's a drill bit in my foot, in my heel. Yeah, you should get that looked at. Hold on. Hold on. What do you mean? It's there's snapped, a drill bit in your off. heel. What? Uh, well, it, the drill fell on my foot and it snapped off. I didn't. I thought it just like broke off and fell on the floor. But a few years later, well, actually two years ago, I got an X-ray, and um, the accident happened ten years ago. And they said, well, if it hasn't caused you any grief now, it's about thirty mil long and three point five mil thick. Hang on, hang on. That's a very that's a big drill bit, mate. Yeah, I've got an X-ray to prove it, mate. That's a pro- when you were saying drill bit, I just imagine like. You- you know, like a like toothpick style, you know, a little fine, almost like a jeweler's drill bit, but you're talking about a proper bit. Yeah. Yep. Why don't you get it taken out? Uh, just having a time. No, Trent, I'll there's a off, drill I'll bit in your heel. Yeah. <laughs> 
Having that time. Having that time. Ten years. Can't get a drill bit taken <laughs> yeah. out of your foot, Trent. And here I am complaining yeah. about a chip in my in my elbow. Trent, that was excellent. That's what exactly what we asked Trent, for. what do you do for work, mate? Uh, I do kitchens and shop fitting. Yeah. And the drill fell off the bench and it hit my heel in the boot and I thought it actually just snapped off on the floor. But it, we found out later. It was 10 years later when yeah. we found out. The, the blood wasn't a giveaway, Trent, when it was pouring oh, with blood and there was a, there's a big hole I, where the drill went into your foot. <laughs> that, that was a, that maybe there was there a was bit a in there. hole and it was very sore for mm. about three months. I, was, I yep. couldn't stand on it. I was sort of walking on the ball of yep. my foot. But yep. um, classic, That's when you go to the classic hospital. Classic drill. I thought it was just a bit of chip bone. I thought, don't worry about that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the problem. You just think it's a little bit of chip yeah. bone and we let it go. Trent, thank you. Let's get to Aaron in Newcastle. Hello, Aaron. Hey, mate, how you going? Very good. All right. What's the long-standing medical condition that you've been putting off? Uh, I actually got a fix last year, but I had a fish spike stuck in my knuckle for five years. A fish spike in your knuckle? What, a flathead or something? Uh, it's a snapper, actually. Snapper? Oh, a spine off a snapper. Yeah. Ow! Well, yeah, I was scaling it. Well, the boys attacked me on the fuck weekend, and so I had a few beers and scaling the fish and just stabbed myself. And a bit like you said, you know, now and then you touch it and it hurt and didn't think much of it, but was in there for about three years before it sort of blew up and looked like a big wart. Yeah, I was going to so say, I mean, it, it eventually, you know, that's the thing about, um, you know, fish, anything, that, you know, like anything from the ocean, coral, anything like that, they've got bacteria in them and eventually they get they get a bit gnarly. The bacteria can fire up in the, in the wound and cause really bad infections. Yeah, so it blew up and then I, I left it for about another 18 months and it had started to hurt, so I had to sort of just pick it up and cut it open and then it released the pressure, but then I finally got around it. Going into the doctors, like you said, I ended up just doing day surgery in and out. They took it out. It's about 10 mil long, probably. Just, oh, probably it's a decent size yeah, spike. Yeah, about the size of a finger, really, but it was just on an angle. Uh, yeah, so that was my one. <laughs> no, no, Aaron, that was exactly what we asked for. And I thank you for your call. I thank you to everybody who rang through. Unfortunately, we can't get to any more calls because we've run out of time. But so many people have just left things inside themselves. Get your Xperia XZ Premium smartphone from Sony today on plan or outright from Telstra, Vodafone, Virgin Mobile, Optus, JB Hi-Fi and Sony with world-first smartphone technology like super slow-motion video playback and 4K HDR screen that delivers lifelike colour and definition. A camera so advanced it captures images the human eye can't see. For details and T's and C's visit sonymobile.com forward slash AU. Merrickville 104.9 Triple M.